0: Welcome back to Tales from the Bugbear Helmets. This is a tale of four intrepid adventurers who met in a tavern and had nothing better to do. Before I dive back into our recap of last, whatever, last month, last week, whenever it was the last time we got back together, because frankly, at this point, who knows when we last saw each other. But before we go into that recap, just want to let you guys, remind you guys of who our characters are. So first and shortest among them stands Dane, Ironfist a pale hill dwarf, or a tan mountain dwarf, depending on the mood and, well, depending on his mood and what, what day of the week it is. He's a cleric with a lustful heart for everything that shines. And slightly taller, but infinitely more familiar with mushrooms, is Moonstar, a half-elf druid who, you know, likes hanging out in Mother Nature, yo. Uh, next third member of our party comes Vashit, a female wood elf monk who is few in words, but well-versed in the art of beating all who annoy her. And last, even though he probably doesn't really know it, is Cecil Harvey, a human paladin pure in heart, but short on brains. So the last time we met, well, let me just do a recap before we dive into what happened the last time we played. So the time before we last played, so two times ago, whenever that was, basically we ran around, killed a bunch of monsters, and almost succeeded in, well, No, we did succeed in blowing ourselves up, but we got better. Now on to the rest of the recap. So the team's taking a, uh, you know, a good long rest to recover from getting blown up. Uh, You know, they wake up, they're refreshed, burns are healed, uh, no hellhounds around. So they're feeling pretty good about that. And they decide, okay, let's go, you know, chase after some giant lizard ladies and cultists and let's kill them all because that's what we do. So the group, you know, we head out, we search the rooms along the way because we'd retreated to the old library there. Uh, Moonstar sneaks ahead because at this point he's proven to be a much better sneaker than whatever that elf monk warrior lady is. But she, yeah, that one. And he uh, he goes around, he checks out the halls, nothing, uh, just pure silence. But, you know, it's kind of that creepy, eerie silence No horror movie, the kind where you know that Someone's going to pop up behind you and, you know, kill you immediately. But that doesn't happen here. So, yay? Anyway, so, uh, Moonstar, you know, is a little bit, you know, unnerved, a little bit nervous. Asks the group if they want to keep going. And the angry elf monk lady, Vashit, you know, tells everybody to stop being pansies and to just keep going. Uh, Cecil and Dane Ironfist, naturally, are tasked with each grabbing a barrel of gunpowder because, hey, if you've only gotten blown up once, why stop there? Uh, we, move in, we move into the, the banquet hall that the cultist and the big giant lizard lady had been at. And pretty much the way that they, the, they found out the way that they left it. Lots of charred burns on the ground from the exploding gunpowder barrels. Spots where the hellhounds were, you know, struck down and blew up. That kind of stuff. Uh, so as I approach the, hall, the hallway at the far side of the room, Moonstar, you know, decides to use a little bit more tactical thinking here. Shape shifts into a small mouse and hits down the hallway, hoping to find, you know, where the cultist and the giant snake lady went through. Uh, After sneaking around, you know, for a while, he comes down to a really big, elaborate ballroom. Uh, Pretty much everything's been stripped. Based on the dust patterns on the ground, it happened pretty recently. Uh, There's actually a pretty large altar in the center of the ballroom, but it's pretty obvious that there's something missing there that was very large and very heavy. And whatever was there, you know, had to have been moved really recently. And we come to the conclusion that is probably the cultist, you know, getting out of Dodge after you know, being chased down by a, <laughs> a bunch of rolling gunpowder barrels uh, being thrown after them. Moonstar returns to the party, fills them in a way found. They all troop down to the ballroom. Uh, they find, you know, some old furniture, chandeliers that have been out of use for years, if not decades. Tapestry rugs, you know, that kind of rich people stuff. Uh, spread out to check out the room. Uh, Some scratch marks, you know, maybe made by by hellhounds or some other creatures with clawed feet. There's some scuff marks on the floor, but nothing really definitive one way or the other. Uh, They do spot a big, heavy steel door on the far side of the ballroom. And naturally, they, you know, they tell Cecil to put down his big barrel of gunpowder and tells him to go open it. Uh, It's really heavy and super squeaky, lots of rust, but he's able to open it. And it does help that it's been moved. It's been opened recently as well. Uh, They head down this hallway, another hallway now with Cecil and uh, Iron Fist rolling their barrels along. <laughs> uh, the angry elf monk lady, but takes point and looks around the corner, doesn't see anything. Uh, there's a few signs from dust patterns that looks like it's been, you know, passed through by a lot of people recently. Uh, no door at the end of the hallway, so Vichy, you know, sneaks around the doorway to get a look. She gets closer, she hears some running water, uh, opens up to you know, a much larger hallway that's, you know, full of more rich people stuff. But, Thankfully, it's been looted over the years. Well, not not thankfully for the party, but you know, rich people—they don't deserve all that rich stuff because they have money and all. Uh, she get she brings the rest of the party forward. Um, we come to the hallway, and you know, t- so they move off to the left where Vashiet heard the running water, and they come in, and it looks like it's some sort of a meeting room, throne room, audience hall kind of thingy. Uh, there's three big thrones in the room, some benches to the side. So everyone kind of figures it's a place for high-level muckety-mucks to hang out and shoot the breeze. Now, the source of the water that Vashida her- had heard earlier, though, is on the side of the wall. It's been recently opened eh, you know, into part of a waterway that was passing through behind the wall there. Uh, they take note of it, but you know, they decide to go explore the rest of uh, the Thieves' Guild Underground area first before they figure out what to do there. Uh, so you use some more wandering around. Uh, they go. They find out where they find the the chamber where they found all the plain touch children earlier. Um, you know, there's some disturbance of the dust on the ground, but nothing really to indicate whether or not it happened. You know, the day before or weeks before. They know people have been here recently, but not. You know, they don't know how recently. Uh, so after getting bored, they go back to the waterway. They check it out. Uh, there's some pretty big gouges in the pipe, not made by claws, but you know something big that passed through. Uh, they check out a couple of hallways near the throne room. Nothing really there. Uh, then they find some other rooms on the map that, that uh, Tyrell Agwith had given them before sending them down from his uh, big manor. And they find an antechamber. Not much stuff there. Another one's a council chamber. It hasn't been as heavily stripped as the other rooms. You know, they go, they look around at some books. Uh, the angry elf monk lady, Vashit, because of her anger, has a book just fall to dust in her hands. Apparently, she's not big on reading. I guess it goes with the whole anger thing. Doesn't have the patience for reading. Yeah. Then uh, Iron Fist and Cecil, they are able to identify a few of the signets in the room of trade guilds, you know, that are pretty old because Iron Fist and Cecil are the most educated people there in the group. Uh, You know, they recognize the signets of uh, the Weaver's Guild, the Stonemason's Guild, the Glazier's Guild. Uh, So they kind of come to the conclusion that this was a meeting hall for craftsmen guilds. As they search through some books, uh, Cecil notices a uh, stone on the floor uh, kind of rings hollower than the others when he steps on it, and you know they pull it up and they find that it's actually a trap door that holds a, ch- a small chest. Uh, but she takes a look at it; she dest- determines that it's uh, booby-trapped and tra- sets to work disarming it. And well, her anger kind of gets the better of her. Uh, she botches the job. Neil shoots out. She gets fricked with poison. Uh, she's really pissed about that. Cecil, you know, being the patient, loving guy that he is, you know, uses a lay on hands to neutralize the poison, which she appreciates, but she's still really pissed at the chest. Not at herself for screwing it up, but just at the chest, because obviously it's the chest fault, not, not hers. So she tries uh, takes another crack at it, doesn't get anywhere, and she gets so pissed that she picks it up and throws it against the wall. And, <laughs> well, the, the chest does not open still, but there's a definite shattering sound that's heard. Um, <laughs> uh, a little chagrined, but she attempts to open it again with her uh, with her toolkit, but she only m- manages to succeed in jamming it. <laughs> uh, so basically, Moonstar, Seasonal, and Iron Fist are kind of all looking at each other thinking, why did we bring her along? And then they kind of realize it's because of how mad, mad she can get that they don't dare not bring her along for anything. Uh, she passes the tools to Moonstar, maybe hoping that the you know, the stoner, stoner uh, druid can do any better. He doesn't. The <laughs> so Vashid, you know, takes her tools back, and after what seems like forever, she succeeds in unjamming it, but doesn't open it. And after another, <laughs> after another long stretch of her working on it and cursing quite a bit, she does finally succeed in opening it. To find hundreds of crystals that probably used to be one, um, all laying there. Uh, Moonstar, you know, fortunately, he's able to recognize as what used to be a crystalline focus. Uh, you know, kind of like a, a crystal that's used in magical staffs to help uh, focus, um, you know, a, a wizard or a warlock's magical power. Unfortunately, because it's, you know, shattered in, a, you know, hundreds of pieces, it, it's not really going to do them any good. But thankfully, the stout Iron Fist uh, suddenly has a, a realization that he can fix that. So he does. Uh, all the tiny crystals, you know, kind of go whoop, back together into a big, large blue hued crystal and they close, it, put it back in the chest. They close the chest and they to- and they toss it in their magical travel sack that can hold anything. Uh, they do some more the group, do some more exploring. Um, they find a ladder, you know, on kind of the, uh, on one end of the, the underground, doesn't look like it's been very used, but she, you know, volunteers, well, more shoves everybody out of the way to get up the ladder first, and starts hearing the bustling of the city above, peeks through the trap door, finds herself in a merchant stall, so she's somewhere in the merchant square. Uh, it kind of smells like rotten fish, but that's about all she can tell. Uh, she decides to keep going, pops up into the, the booth, finds a couple of barrels that are pretty, pretty nasty smelling, pretty ripe, and then she's abruptly, verbally accosted by a very angry boothkeeper next to her, a uh, guy who's selling fruit. Uh, she finds out that the barrels have been sitting there for a couple weeks, you know, trying to get some information about it. Uh, but, you know, being an angry elf monk lady, she doesn't do it in the most diplomatic way possible. And probably gets into a fight with uh, the fruit vendor. Uh, you know, the fruit vendor, he, he jumps into the fish booth, punches Vashit in the face. Uh, she basically says hey hits like a girl. And, you know, Hits him back and just knocks him out in one shot. uh Now, down the ladder, the rest of the group, you know moonstar, Cecil, Iron fist are kind of all standing around like, what's taking what's taking her so long? uh Moonstar decides to to go up because he doesn't have heavy clanky armor to give him away. Uh, just in time for Vasheet, who's you know very frustrated by the fight that she just got in, got herself into, opens up a barrel of the rotten fish and promptly dumps it down the trap door. Moonstar gets soaked by the rotten fish juice. And so do Cecil and Iron Fist as well, but it's kind of worse for them because they're all wearing armor, so it seeps into all the crevices and all their, you know, underclothes as well, and, you know, like, kind of gets soaked and stained on the, on the armor. Yeah, it, it's not pretty. <laughs> uh, Moonstar, you know, manages to get up out of the trap door, but she explains, you know, what happened and just says that she's just really having a bad day. Uh, but she yells down the trap door for Cecil and Iron Fist to get out of the way, uh, <laughs> you know, they they hear her yell something, and they figure it's better to get out of the way, considering what just happened. And she chucks the the empty barrel down the trap door, and it you know chatters once it hits the ground there. Uh, feeling better about herself, as she you know starts going on the ladder. And Moonstar, you know, feeling that it wasn't fair for only three of the party to get soaked with the rotten fish juice, opens up the second barrel of the uh, of the fish and dumps it down on her, soaking her through and through. Uh, fortunately, Cecil and the dwarf are untouched because they got out of the way. <laughs> um, then, you know, they all meet back up down at the base of the ladder. And, uh, you know, they grab some uh, some remains of the barrel there uh, to take with them. Uh, they go and, you know, they kind of pass through the forge that they originally found, the barrel room. Um... You know, and they find another ladder and find another another trapdoor at the top of it, uh, but it's locked from the top. And they kind of feel like they want to go back to the throne room, so they decide to leave it there for the time being. Uh, They get back to the throne room that they'd found earlier, kind of gives themselves a decent rinse rinse in the water there. Uh, It helps a little bit with the smell, but they're still pretty nasty smelling. And uh, once they've rinsed themselves off, Moonstar shifts into uh, some kind of a quipper fish. I don't know what that is because I don't know fish, but presumably it's a fish. And, you know, heads, down, heads downstream. Um, as he's following the water, the waterway, he notices some more gouges in the wall whenever there's a curve. Um, after traveling a couple thousand feet, he starts to hear some uh, noises that sound like the docks. Um, deciding he doesn't want to get dumped out of the docks, he tries to turn around and get and head back up. But before he can get there, the current his strength gives out and he gets swept back, so he has a good sense to fortunately shapeshift back into an elf and stop himself, and has to have it back on foot. Uh, it takes him a good 15-20 minutes, he gets out, you know, he's soaking wet, trying to, you know, get as much water off, of, off out of his clothes as he can. And uh, what Fachit does, she has the idea that have Moonstar char the wood with some fire, and they'll chuck the, uh, you know, uh, char the wood from the barrel, I mean that fish sheet that had, you know, helpfully shattered, shattered, and chucks it down the uh, down the waterway there so they can track it back to the docks later and get an idea of where the cultists and the giant lizard lady were at. They do that, uh, and then they return back to Terrell Agwith's estate, and they're stomping around, and fortunately they're able to find some change of clothes, uh, Cecil and Iron Fist, they clean their armor, uh, they smell a lot better, Still not the best, but a lot better. You know, maybe if you're like 50 feet away, you wouldn't you wouldn't notice the stench. Uh, they send a butler to to get Tyrell, um, who shows up. Uh, <clears throat> he didn't know he can tell he's been down by the fish market. Uh, he didn't know that there's even an entrance down you know into the into the merchant square there from the underground. Uh, basically, they fill him in about everybody that they killed. Um, they describe to him the giant lizard lady. Uh, Ty- Tyrell, thankfully recognizes the description. As a, as a creature called a Wanti, uh, He says he's heard of them, but never in that area in Renault Keep. Uh, he says they're extremely unpleasant creatures from another continent. They don't travel much. Uh, they're pretty reclusive. Uh, um, Ty- Tyrol says he's going to investigate this, since Wanti's couldn't have gotten it over here by themselves. He says that they're pretty proficient with magic and really effective fighters. Uh, he says he hasn't had any issues with the Thieves Guild. It's been kind of suspiciously quite the last few days. He is, you know, really, really concerned about the room full of gunpowder barrels. Uh, you know, the group takes him down. They show him what's there. Uh, they show him the bodies of the lizard people that attacked him. Uh, he said that they used to be men, but they'd been corrupted by the Wantees and become total beasts. Uh, they show Agwith to the gunpowder room. He's, you know, understandably concerned and freaked out about it. He said he's going to get some servants to come down here and clear the whole thing out because he doesn't want to explode and take out part of the city. And after that, the group, they head back to to estate to get cleaned up. Um, Dalwyn meets him at the door and overpowered by the very, very disgusting smell of uh, rotten fish, calls servants to get them cleaned up. And the group says, hey, we're exhausted. We smell like rotten fish. Let's just relax and, you know, take the night off. Uh, come morning, uh, Vashit and Cecil, they go and talk with one of the Plain Touch children uh, from last time. Uh, the guy that, the the kid that talked about the hell portal. Moonstar wanders off and gets the, some tea and, you know, hangs out by himself. Iron Fist. Uh, oh, Iron Fist. Uh, he decides to go and find himself a high-class brothel that caters to dwarves. <laughs> um, he tries justifying it to Cecil on his way out, but really the cleric just straight-up lies to the paladin, which <laughs> kind of shows you what kind of cleric we're dealing with here. He finally comes clean about what he really wants to do, and Cecil gives him a dressing down about holding on to his moral code, you know, but ultimately he won't stand in his way of going off and you know doing some pelvic spelunking. Uh, Iron Fist gleefully skips away down the street, I mean as well as a dwarf can, uh, to find the brothel. Uh, so Vashit and Cecil, they find Lucian, uh, the kid that talked about the hell portals. Uh, he's off. He's still off by himself, off to the side from the other children that they rescued. Um, <clears throat> Cecil, you know, Lucian asks how their meeting with the snake lady went He Says he heard from his dad, Heronius, the god of light uh, Cecil's like, oh hey, wait, I remember, I, I worshipped that guy I wonder why that didn't come up before But Cecil's not that bright, so that's probably all you need to know uh, Lucian says that the snake lady's mean and running south because of the party As uh, she was here to bring people into the city But, you know, the party stopped her from doing that from now And the only way to really stop it completely is to kill her. But he doesn't know if she's still in the city or not. And only that she's working with, you know, big, bad people. Um, You know, Vashit and Cecil, they ask about, you know, if the children will be safe anywhere. Um, Lucian says, no, they'll never be safe. uh, But that he will because of his father. Um, He says that, that, you know, they can be trusted to uh, the Lady Druselia, uh, the lady that runs the orphanage from the north. But, you know, the others can't be, you know, can't be forever. But they can be trusted, at least for the time being. Um, he does tell Vashit that, you know, she's often a bad lady. And that Cecil is only sometimes a bad person. So, yay. Uh, he said that Lucian says, you know, his father will help send help when he needs it. Be tall, shiny men who aren't men, but a kind of gods. Um, he tells him that, hey, the wizards in the city aren't good. And Cecil, you know, asks Lucian what you know, his father Heronius would have them do. And he says, well, you should ask him. So Cecil, you know, prays for a good 10 minutes and gets a gentle nudging to go to the east. And Lucian says that there's a shining city to the east. Vashit and Cecil, naturally, have no idea what this means. So doing the best that she can, Vashit decides to change the subject and ask Lucian to remind her what, what he knows about her father. Uh, he says that there is a shadow moving over him, a great darkness. He fights against it, but the darkness just keeps growing stronger. He fights harder, then his back leg stumbles. Darkness pushes against him. He screams Vashid's name, and then the darkness envelops him. On that ominous note, Vashid asks Lucien, okay, well, where is he? But Lucien says he can't feel him. Um, Lucien's starting to freak out a little bit here. His lips are starting to quiver like he's going to cry. And, you know, we ask him, and Vashit and, Lu- and Cecil ask him who he is fighting. Lucian says he is pr- says that, you know, her father was protecting Vashit, but that he can't feel anything besides a shadow and that it feels bad. Uh, Vashit asks how, how they can stay in touch. Lucian says the wizards can help with that. And, you know, they ask Lucian to have, have his father, Heronius, get in touch with Cecil, you know, since that's who Cecil worships, get in touch with him if anything happens. And, you know, kind of realizing that they're not going to get any more useful information out of Lucien at this point, since he's kind of freaked out with the whole brush of darkness thing. Uh, they leave, they meet up with Moonstar, catch him up over, you know, a little bit of tea. And they decide to head out to the docks to go track down any uh, any sighting of the cultists and the, the Wanti, and then go after the wizards that were, you know, giving them some trouble before. Now, at this point... Um, on other, another part of uh, town there. Iron Fist. <laughs> well, you know, he's been um, cavorting with his uh, high-class dwarven... Uh, mm, what's a nice word for this? Um, geishas? I mean, they're not, there's no Japan in this universe, but... Uh, sure, escorts. And there we go. High-class, high-priced dwarven escorts. And so anyway, just as he's getting to his feet from out of bed, uh, he hears a fight going on downstairs, and he hears several sets of feet coming up the stairs. Just as he's he's able to get to his feet, four wizards bust through the door, and they tell him that, well, he's coming with them, and that they have some questions that they'd like him to answer. Uh, One little problem, Iron Fist, he's on his feet, but... He doesn't have anything else on. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, all the wizards, they have their staffs and their wizard hats, you know, ready to go, ready to blast him. And so he's able to negotiate five minutes to get his armor back on and be more appropriately clothed for, you know, walking out on the street in front of, you know, the public people. Uh, the wizard, <laughs> Once he's done so, the wizards put, put a bag over his head and they lead him through what see, feels like Several city blocks before finally pushing him into a chair, he has no idea where he's at. For all he knows, they could have just walked in circles or just walked in a five foot circle because he's kind of short, and so it's easy for him to get confused. Um, once he sat down, they pull back, uh, they pull off the bag, and he finds that he finds that he's just in a kind of a small, dimly lit room. Uh, you know, kind of the, the kind you kind of see like in you know creepy spy movies where they're interrogating somebody. You know, they're going to do messed up stuff to him. Anyway, so there's a wizard that's uh, facing opposite him. He's got a veil over his face, so Iron Fist can't really tell who he is. And, you know, the interrogation starts. Uh, he tells him, hey, we want the kids that you rescued, and you're going to help us do that. Iron Fist wants to know why. Um, and the wizard says, well, we're not the Thieves' Guild. You know, our reasons are our own. And, you know, if you don't uh, if you don't cooperate, we're going to use some more forceful methods, like, uh, you know, putting a Gaius on, on him. Iron Fist kind of bluffs, uh, you know. He he thinks that that's no big deal, but yeah, Iron Fist isn't the sharpest tool in the shed either. Here, anyway, <clears throat> um, Iron Fist uh, he refuses to uh, to work with him since they want since uh, you know he can't get any information out of them, and uh, the wizard casts a gaze on him. He tell and he tells him to stay away from the uh, the scrying stone blocker. That Veritas had given them um, a couple days before. They mostly because it's super annoying for the wizards, and they don't want to deal with it. And so now the gaze has been put on Iron Fist, and basically his gaze, what you know, the task that he's forced to fulfill is to take the children to this warehouse in the seedy part of the city. And once that's done, he'll be fine. If not, every twenty-four hours, you know, he'll get you know, deathly ill and sick and poisoned and you know, other not so fun stuff. And once he's uh, once he delivers the children, he'll be fine. He'll be clear, and he'll be free to go. Uh, once that's explained to him, Iron Fist gets well rebagged <laughs> and uh, and dragged out to the Merchant District and released there. Now Iron Fist he uh, <laughs> pr- promptly returns to Dalen's Manor. Uh, you know, meets up with the party and immediately spills spills the beans on the the wizard meeting and the gay essays under. Uh, They send the butler out to go find Dallowan to, you know, try to formulate a plan here. A lot of options are discussed. You know, these things, you know, range quite a bit, you know, from, you know, really elaborate high style, you know, try to trick the wizards into thinking they're delivering the children to them, but really not, but going in with a bunch of barrels of gunpowder and just blowing the whole warehouse up. As you can tell, these guys are not the sharpest tool in the sheds because that worked out so well for them last time. And, you know, even goes up to just, you know, saying, ah, screw it all, let's just go do a big frontal assault on the uh, the wizard enclave. Um, <clears throat> not able to come to an agreement, they decide to send a note to Terrell Agwith asking for some of the gunpowder barrels. Mostly it's the angry uh, uh, she-elf that's going for this. I think she just really wants to blow stuff up. And uh, while they're waiting, they just kind of hang out at the manor, do some Netflix and chill. And until the uh, the orphan orphanage lady, Druselia, shows up the next day. Uh, it, come morning before the orphanage lady shows up, Druselia. Uh, but she decides to visit Lucien again. He's just kind of purely enig- enigmatic. Enigma- what does that word even mean? He's just really mysterious and cagey. He doesn't really answer in, any quite, answer straight to anything. He doesn't really care that Iron Fist has a curse on him. Um you know, says that he's, uh, you know, he's seen some visions of bad men starting fires of black flames. And basically, he's kind of useless for helping fix Iron Fist. Uh, you know, the the group tries talk, t- talking to some other kids. Uh, they talk to one, one of the kids, John, who can actually kind of levitate cards. So, kind of cool. Uh, but he's equally useless. You know, not really good at removing curses. <laughs> he says that, uh, you know, Anytime he had a boo boo, his mom would just kiss it better, and <laughs> we the, the rest of the group quickly discourages Iron Fist from asking John to do that because Iron Fist has ha- created enough issues for them at that point. Uh, Vashid just out on a lark decide, asks John to levitate Iron Fist. John tries, and you know Iron Fist you know feels a slight tugging upward, but mostly stays on the ground, um, and. Yeah, so then they wander away because they're bored and have nothing else to do. But they want to wait till Druselia shows up and make sure the kids get off stri- get off safely. A, f- a few hours pass. Um, a, w- a few wagons uh, come in. Uh, th- uh, <coughs> excuse me, there. Um, so two of the wagons are pretty much empty. Third one carries a bunch of guards and Lady Druselia. Uh, she is surprisingly beautiful. I guess orphanage orphanage ladies are usually not. Uh, she's dressed really formally. Uh, looks very orphanage-y, I guess. Um, however, the biggest thing that stand out, stands out about her and her guards are the fact that they look like they've been through a fight. You know, uh, you know, they've lots of scrapes, bruises, a few wounds, bloods here and there. Um, and Trissila explains that they ran across some bandits on the way there, but they took care of the problem, so the bandits aren't a problem anymore. Yay! Um, Iron Fist com- um, comes comes up first and explains the crisis that they're facing with uh, the local wizard enclave about the kids, uh, and asks if Druselia has a power to remove this gaius from him. Uh, she says she can't, um, and you know we offer the, the party offers their protection for you know for uh, for the lady Druselia and you know heading back to the orphanage, but she tells them that she thinks she'd be able to get the children back to the orphanage safer without the, without them. Uh, she's had tussles with the wizards before, but not with the ones in Renault Keep. Uh, she, she goes on to explain that plain touch children, they're pretty rare, and they tend to be uh, kind of traded around, you know, for their abilities. Uh, she specializes in, you know, taking care of plain-touched and celestial-born children. Um, of of this particular group, she's heard of Lucene in particular. Um, you know, word about him's gotten out. Uh, the problem is that no one's ever. No one knows where he comes from. No one knows who his parents are. If he has any siblings or anything like that, he just, you know, appeared out of nowhere one day. She's had better luck tracking down the, you know, parentage of the other children, just none with him. Um, the The party starts talking about, you know, you know, uh, the explosives that they asked for that still haven't shown up. Uh, Drusilla says she'd be grateful for any help, provided they can get her and the children out of uh, the hellhole that is Renal to keep kind of gives you an idea of <laughs> how low she thinks for the whole town. Iron Fist at this point takes, uh, well, goes the, lives up to all the stereotypes of his race and asks for a reward. <laughs> uh, Druselia basically calls him a greedy bastard for this. Uh, Moonstar, you know, trying to be mm, <laughs> uh, trying to smooth things over, uh, gives her 50 pieces of gold for the orphanage and thanks her for the trouble of uh, helping out with this. Uh, Vashit tries making a move on Druselia, but Druselia shuts that down really fast. Moonstar beha- apologizes for all their behavior, and takes her and says, "Hey, let's go get some tea and, you know, wait, you know, wait for you know them to get restocked and have the kids all ready to go." Meanwhile, Cecil's <laughs> just kind of shaking his head and turning red with embarrassment over <laughs> over the group that he's with. Uh, Moonstar, you know, once they've sat down, apologizes for. Vashid and Iron Fist's behavior, but Drusilla just kind of shrugs it off. She says that she's handled worse. Uh, he asks her about the bandits that they ran into. She said that they ran into them about a half mile outside the city, but didn't have much trouble taking care of them. And at this point, Iron Fist can't barges in, you know, apologizing for his behavior. And now he's asking about the shining city that Lucian had mentioned, that, that Iron Fist had gotten a, an answer to from his prayer earlier. Uh, she said that it's probably a city called Capbrook, since it's made of alabaster. It's a city of guilds. Why they'd be directed there, she doesn't have any idea. Uh, She very much says it's a a plutocracy, where basically money runs the show everywhere. They're not so much into noblemen, but rich men. Uh, She says it's a lot more egalitarian compared to other cities in the area. Uh, Lots of libraries and all kinds of races are found there. So a little bit more cosmopolitan than Renault Keep. Um... Iron Fist starts getting into his backstory here. Uh, he says he's on a Question learn more about the Kuldane. And Drusilla says that they were wiped out centuries ago, which kind of shocks Iron Fist, because his, his mother had told him that his father was the leader of the Kuldane. Um, and Drusilla, she's the first person he's met who's had any knowledge of the Kuldane that's I ever really heard about him. And she says that, well, I'm a very well-read person. Uh, she explains that Kuldanes were uh, frost dwarves, kind of had blue, tinged skin. And Iron Fist is adamant that his mother wouldn't lie to him about his father, Frostweaver. Uh, Drusilla, Drusilla takes it all pretty diplomatically. You know, she's obviously not trying to shatter Iron Fist's, you know, long-held beliefs and, you know, about uh, his heritage. And she suggests that that the, that the he go and check out the Academy of Historians in Caprook. Uh, she says that they have tomes and tomes about stuff that most people just don't care about her. That, not, not about her, sorry. Just don't care about. And, you know, he's very, you know, grateful for the information and thanks her. And then he awkwardly asks how the key is. He's not very good with segues. Uh So then Moonstar asks Druselia, you know, how she's able to take care of herself with all, with so many interested parties and, you know, the special children that she, that she cares for. And she says that she dabbles in magic and sword play from all over, so she knows how to take care of herself. Uh, at this point, Iron Fist, not being able to leave well enough alone, Brings up the day again, asking where was they lived. Uh, Druselia says that's been lost to time. Most places that could support, I mean, you know, that she says that the day usually lived in areas that were extremely cold, and that most places that could support that kind of weather are pretty much impossible to travel to. Um, and that she's really just kind of heard about this stuff from monks and, you know, taverns, you know, in places that she's visited in, in her travels. Uh, at this point, uh, Vashit, you know, starts ta- talking to Druselia about Lucian's visions. Um, and Druselli suggests that it could be demons overthrowing heaven. So that's not scary at all. Uh, Moonsar asks Druselli what she trains the children for. And she says it's all about their natural aptitudes. Um, once they're grown, they're free to do whatever they want and can take care of themselves. As it turns out, uh, one of the plain children that works, you know, within the wizard enclave, Arnest, is one of the children that she had actually taken in and trained. Uh... He's a slightly awkward boy, but he took to magic pretty quickly, particularly in divinations and in, invocations. And she says that he can't be trusted if he's working for the arch, arch wizard Dale. Uh, she, you know, says, hey, you know, if we wind up fighting these wizards, what do you recommend we do? And Drusilla tells him, sa- says, I can't even talk now. Great. Uh, Drusilla tells Vasheet to keep them from talking, since they will keep them from using their magic. Uh at this point Del, uh they talk with the party goes to talk with Dalaman about the gunpowder barrels. Um they got in, he'd gotten word back from a Terrell Agwith, who's re- understandably hesitant about transporting against town. Uh Vashit and Moonstar leave to retrieve it personally. And you know, they show up at Agwith's estate and start talking with him as he's getting dressed for a state function. He's very, very, very unenthusiastic about the idea of blowing up a warehouse, especially in the docks where it happens every other day. Uh, He says that the barrels have been safely removed from the underground, so, you know, the cultists and the snake, giant snake lady can't do anything with them. And Vashik keeps on pushing for the gunpowder while Moonstark starts tugging on her arm, saying, okay, listen, we're not getting anywhere here. Vashik finally concedes and asks uh, Terrell to prepare the gunpowder anyway and says that they'll be back. Uh, He Reluctantly agrees, mostly because she's a very angry monk lady that could beat him up in multiple different ways all at the same time. Um, meanwhile, back at uh, Dallowin's estate, um, Iron Fist, you know he's hit his twenty-four hour uh, limit, gets hit with the Gaius. Fortunately, Cecil's right next to him, and who and he heals him and neutralizes the disease he's been hit with to get him feeling better. Still, not a very pleasant experience, but Iron Fist is. Committed to doing the right thing here and not just selling out these kids. Uh, Vashit and Moonstar returns at this point. Uh, Moonstar talks with Druselli again, asks if she would like to assist him in fighting the wizards, and she says no. <laughs> she says she's leaving, and they're calling it good. Uh, so instead, what the party decides to do is all hop in a covered wagon. Uh, Moonstar turns into a horse to be in disguise to pull the wagon, while Cecil and Vashit hide, hide in the covered part with Iron Fist driving the wagon. Uh, it takes them the better part of the day to get down there. Uh, it's late afternoon. Iron Fist opens up the door to the to the warehouse and brings a wagon in. And as the wagon clears the the doorway, there the door closes behind them, kind of you know making everything dark now. Uh, a little bit li- a little bit of lies creeping in from you know the the late afternoon sun. And Iron Fist is, is greeted by an orc who just kind of grunts and looks annoyed, but I mean he's an orc, so they always look annoyed. So he might actually not be annoyed. Yeah. Anyway, Iron Fist says that he's brought the kids, and the orc says he's going to go get the boss. So he kind of trots off to the far end of the warehouse, comes back, and br- brings two more wizards. Sorry, three wizards and two more orcs with him. Uh, now at this point, this is when the uh, you know everyone press for uh, for battle. Here, one of the wizards opens up the covered the, the the side of one of uh, one of the sides of the wagon that's covered. And Cecil, you know, takes a swing with his big greatsword, uh, hits the wizard. And Vasheet also hits him with her sword as well. You know, kind of injuring the guy. He's not, he's not down and out, but, you know, he's definitely got some uh, some, some blood coming out of him. Uh, at this point, Moonstar decides, hey, you know, I'm not waiting around being surrounded like this. And he charges the wizards that are right in front of him there and drags the wagon with them. Uh, he's able to hit both of the wizards with uh, with his hooves. They don't fall down, though. And at this point, you know, the wagon stopped. Cecil swings, hits a wizard in front of him, hops out of the wagon. And she jumps out of the wagon. And, you know, being the spiteful little angry she-elf that she is, uh, decides to uh, use use that the same wizard's head as a kind of a stepping stone and bounces off of him. Uh, she lands gracefully and hacks him a bit at, with her sword, uh, does a couple more hits with him. And, you know, finally, he just falls to the ground dead. Uh, Iron Fist hops off the wagon on the other side to attack the wizard over there that's uh, been knocked to the side, and he hits him with uh, with a spell inflict wounds, and hits him so hard with this that the wizard's chest, well, it it kind of implodes. <laughs> it doesn't even have time to scream. That's how fast his chest uh, disappeared. And at this point, the the last wizard, the one that Cecil and Vishii had hit, who had flo- who had uh, opened up the wagon there, uh, tries casting a spell at Vishii, but you know Vishy- but she just brushes it off because, well, she's just so angry. She's kind of like the Hulk like that. Um, two of the orcs uh, surround Cecil and Vichy. Um, and they both go for Cecil, actually. Uh, Cecil's able to fight back of his one, slips past him and it clips him, um, and uh, but his armor and shield is able to hold them off. On the other side where Iron Fist is hopped off, on the other side of the wagon, um, the orc attacks him and lets out a battle cry, which energizes other orcs to attack again. And uh, one of them is able to, you know, to, to hit Cecil with a uh, with a sword. Now Moonstar, you now here, yeah, um, kind of tired of being a horse, he decides to change back to, you know, being a uh, a stone elf. And he casts uh, entangle on uh, the remi- solar remaining wizard. just kind of making a beeline for the uh, for the exit there. That uh, the party came through originally. Um, Wizard, you know, gets trapped, he's not able to move anymore. Uh, and Cecil, you know, seeing an opportunity. He's able to uh, <clears throat> he's able to attack one of the orcs by him. Uh sheep moves behind the orc, attacks him to get a little bit better you know, better striking there. And the orc promptly dies. You know, because apparently sheep just kills stuff all the time. Uh, meanwhile on the other side of the of the wagon there. Iron Fist, he sees that the remaining wizard is entangled, but knows that you know being a wizard can still cast spells and crazy stuff like that. So he's able to, to cast a silence spell on, on the wizard. At the same time, also heal up Cecil, who's been looking a little bit worse for wear since he's been surrounded by orcs and just getting wailed on. Uh, the orc that had, that had been uh, nearby Iron Fist there decides to go after uh, Vashit instead. Uh, Ironfish tries to take a swing at him as the, the, orc, as the orc leaves, but, you know, misses because he's short. Uh, the orc takes a couple of swings of a sheet with his longsword and, and hits her and knocking her out. Uh, and the other remaining orc, the non-dead one, um, casts Bane on, C- on Cecil, uh, which messes him up a bit. And the wizard is still just kind of entangled and silent, so he can't say much <laughs> and uh, just kind of hangs out there, just, you know. Not doing much. Uh, Moonstar casts healing word on Vashid to help uh, help reviver and wake her up, and of scurries out of the way to not 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 get any of the attention of the uh, the giant orcs that are <laughs> that are attacking them. Uh, Cecil tries to takes a swing at the the orc that's nearby him, but you know the the bane spell keeps him from hitting the guy. Uh Vashit's able to pull herself to her feet, a little you know kind of a little wobbly here, not the happiest of being knocked out by. Uh, by the by, the big orc there, uh, but she does manage to hit back, do some more damage to him, uh, to the orc. And Iron Fist, with his short, stubby legs, is not able to uh, to, run, to run over fast enough to give a hand with uh, just his hammer. So he casts a healing spell on himself from you know, to help fix him up from from the orcs' uh, attacks earlier. But he he's gracious, and not only does he heal himself, he also heals Cecil and Vashit. So he's a nice guy. Uh, Iron Fist casts uh, a sanctuary spell on Vashit and then hops on top of the wagon just to give him a better viewpoint of everything, since you know he's not that tall. <clears throat> now the uh, the big orc here, the one that you know had, uh, knocked out Vashit, he climbs on top of the wagon. Uh, Vashit tries to take a swing at him as he leaves, but misses. Uh, the orc takes nu- takes a couple swings of Iron Fist, but Iron Fist miraculously is somehow able to dodge both of them. Uh, the other normal-sized orc has taken a, you know, a couple swings at Cecil, but Cecil's armor you know, helps him uh, avoid all that. And now the wizard finally uh, finally breaks free of the entanglement for Moonstar and you know makes a beeline for the exit again. The Moonstar, seeing this, he rushes over and casts a moon moonbeam on the wizard while crying, "This is my destiny!" Um, very dramatically, as you can imagine, in a wizard with in a in a warehouse, it's pretty dark, and just a bunch of guys grunting, swinging swords and hammers and stuff like that. Um, so, moonbeam. This is a, a shining lunar-powered beam. You know, shoots down at the wizard. Uh, you know, being fried by a moonbeam is not very pleasant. Uh, the wizard staggers but it's still standing. Uh, Cecil takes a swing at the orc in front of him with and infuses it with divine smite to give him some extra damage, and is able to wound the orc quite a bit uh Vashit comes along and follows up with uh, silver you know quite a few blows uh and then the big orc the one that's on top of the uh, on top of the wagon there uh decides that he's bored of uh he's bored of menacing iron fist and goes after Moonstar uh Iron Fist takes another swing at the guy but sadly misses with his short stubby arms uh the big orc takes a couple swings at Moonstar hitting them both times Moonstar is not doing very well. He's bleeding quite a bit, but he's still on his feet. Uh, the other smaller orc that's, that's been with Cecil casts Cure Wounds on himself. And now he stands a little bit straighter, not quite as, uh, you know, uh, belabored breathing or, you know, just doing a little bit better than before. Uh, now, at this point, the wizard be- uh, the wizard in the back, he's able to move again because he's unentangled. Un- he gets out of the Cone of Silence that Ironfist had cast on in him. And he casts light in front of himself to try to illuminate the area a bit, since he's human and humans can't see in the dark to save their lives. Uh, Moonstar, still bleeding out here, but being a champ, uh, he he redirects his moonbeam spell to strike the wizard again. And the wizard is not doing great at this point. He's getting kind of fried. He's barely standing up. Um, And after after he redirects his moonbeam, Moonstar just books it from the big orc, uh, and just, you know, wants to get away from this guy as soon as possible. Uh, Cecil takes another swing at the orc in front of him and misses, um, and but he is able to quickly move, like, run behind a bit and position himself between Moonstar and the big orc that's been uh, messing with him. Uh, Vashit, she goes after the smaller orc uh, with a vengeance, and then Iron Fist uh, hops off the wagon and lends his hammer to it. Um <clears throat> Alright, um and at the same time, Iron Fist is I also able to throw a healing word spell on Moonstar, kind of to help him patch up some of that bleeding and and you know all that bad stuff. Uh, the big orc goes after Vashit again, but misses both times. Uh, he yells another another bellowing battle cry, but and takes another swing but misses. Uh, the smaller orc uh, takes takes a shot of Vashit with its claw, uh, but misses. And the wizard tries another spell on Moonstar, but he's able to shrug it off because you know he's a stoner elf. Nothing affects those guys. Uh, Moonstar redirects Moonbeam again, strikes the wizard one more time, who promptly crumbles to the ground dead. He's just moon fried. Uh, Moonstar moves behind Cecil just to keep, uh, you know, just just to uh, keep up that big shining paladin shield in front of him. Uh, Cecil is at this point Cecil. He decides to make a rush of it. He goes after the smaller orc, slashes him with his uh, great sword. The orc's not looking very good, and Vashit's able to follow up one more time. And is able to kill the thing. So I think that's like three kills for Vashiet in this battle. That's not bad. Um, she then turns her attention back to the, the the sole remaining orc, the big one with the the long sword. Hits him a couple times. Um, Iron Fist moves in front of the the orc and tries to attack him, but misses because he's short. Uh, orc attacks Vashid a couple times, wounds her, and he treats a few steps. Moonstar, he's able to readjust moonbeam again, does some uh, moon roasting of the orc. Not dead, but he's not looking great. Uh, Cecil runs up to the beast, tries to, tries to hit him with his long sword, but no luck. Uh, Vashid jumps through jumps through the wagon because she's flexible and maybe a gymnast in another life, who knows? Uh, flanks the, the the beast and attacks him behind, hits him a few times. Uh, Iron Fist comes up in front, boxes him in, um, but doesn't connect with his hammer again because Iron Fist and hammers. Uh, He hammers. Re- someone really needs to show him how to use that hammer. Uh, the big orc te- attempts to just make a run for it, but Cecil, he's able to slice him, is able to swing upward with his greatsword, slice him through the back, and kill the beast. And that's how they finally kill all those wizards in that warehouse. Um... At this point, they decide to go through and check out you know, what loot they have on uh, the bodies. Uh, from the wizards, they find a few potions. Uh, Moonstar decides to do a couple of shots from each of them just to see what kind of potions they got. Uh, they find a couple of scrolls um, and they find a couple of signets from, well, they find three signets from the mage guild, so we definitely know these guys are, are locals. On the orcs, they find a couple sets of hide armor, uh, some chainmail armor, a shield. Uh, a good 500 gold pieces to split between the group. Um, they find a good longsword. It's the Orc Blade of Ilnaver. Ilnaveir. I may be pronouncing mispronouncing that because I do not speak Orc. And they also find a couple of javelins. Um, they ha- uh, the group, you know, catching a breather. They have Iron Fist look over the the wizard corpses to see if he recognizes any of them. And he looks and he says, like, well, they kind of look like they were in the group that, you know, abducted abducted him from the brothel. Um, And at this point, the party is like, yeah, uh, we should probably call it a day. Uh, They return to Dalowan's Manor. Uh, Druselli and the kids are long since left, and the party decides to take a long-deserved rest for the night uh, to recharge, you know, all their batteries and hopefully look up some of their, their wounds. So, that is everything that has happened in uh, in our last in our last uh, gaming session. Obviously a lot more heavy on story than battles, but we were a lot more tactical and we were able to kill a lot more guys this time. Hope you enjoyed this episode and looking forward to seeing the next time we play.